Greetings, everyone. It is now time for Marked Safe, tales of your very favorite and most beloved man-made disasters. On Marked Safe, we discuss events and details that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Please listen responsibly. And now, here with your hosts, Brianne and Melanie, this is Marked Safe. Hi. Hi, how are you? My husband and I are going to get divorced today. Uh, it's a mess, huh? Yeah, we hired him. We did. <laughs> I'm using the term hired very loosely as our audio guy, and he never wanted to listen to that much of my voice, and now he knows every obnoxious thing that I do very quietly. Uh, we do a lot of weird things. We're learning. Yeah. Now he knows all the weird things you do, too. I know. One of them is breathing. Uh Uh-huh. I think that's his number one pet peeve that we have to stop. (laughs) You just did it. (laughs) I breathed? Oh, no. I love it. I'm not going to stop breathing. Sorry, Eric. Well, well, I have a stress ball this time because I also fidget too much and make sounds. My last setup I had was I had moved the desktop into my daughter's room for remote schooling. And it's sitting on top of like the world's smallest toddler table and chair set and the last couple episodes have been recording like that and it's just been miserable so now i am on her bed and using i have everything connected onto my ironing board so that should give way to some new sounds for eric to take out new new and improved maybe sounds i'm on a folding card table with the mic on top of two boxes. One is a Titanic puzzle and one is a seedling heat map. Oh, do you have all the pieces to your puzzle? It's a Titanic mystery puzzle, so we don't even know. It's a mystery. What the? <laughs> it is. We don't even know what the image is. You read this weird little terribly written mystery story and then you put the puzzle together and I guess it's apparently going to have the answers to the mystery. <laughs> that does not sound like fun at all. It's a little bit of fun. We've got the edges done. You guys are way too smart. I would Mm -mm. just get mad immediately and then drink all the wine in the house. Well, did you have some wine this time? I did. Apparently, I've been too buttoned up. I'm a cute penguin. You are a very cute business-like penguin. So, are you ready to hear some stories? Because I'm going to do something a little bit different. Oh, what are you doing? So, this time we are doing it uh, short story style. Oh! Compilation style, anthology style, whatever you want to call it. I love that. I have a lot of stories for you about amusement park incidents. <gasps> oh! It's... It's not all accidents. It is shit that has happened at amusement parks. Some of it is, uh, there's a range. <laughs> Overall, it will be at least a little lighter than our last two episodes. I think we need that. So, I think we do. I think we do. So, buckle up. Put on your faulty safety restraints. <laughs> this this roller coaster hasn't been serviced in about 20 years and we just laid off a bunch of employees, but it'll be okay. Oh my gosh, that sounds about right with our uh, climate, huh? are we gonna be a political podcast no i was just saying we're all stuck in this house like 
Oh, because I mean, I'm okay with being a political podcast, but yes, we are. I just will smile and nod. I don't know. I'm not good with <laughs> confrontation at all. I mostly agree with well, I'm everything. I'm not going to confront you. <laughs> oh, you agree with everything. I doubt it. I really doubt it. <laughs> no, I was talking more about like the, not the political climate, but the COVID climate, like amusement parks are shut down. So. And you know, I'm I'm here to tell you that there might be a lot of people, myself included right now, who had summer plans, late spring plans to go to an amusement park, ride some roller coasters, and they might be sad. I'm sad. I don't know for sure if we're going to get to go this year, but I doubt it. And I have the antidote for you. By the end of this podcast, you won't be as sad anymore. Oh. All right. Hit me with it. You're welcome. So um, I will warn you up front this is kind of an odd collection of stories certain parks are overrepresented certain decades are definitely overrepresented that's just the way it shook out with research there this is there are going to be more episodes like this this is part one so that's weird i assure you that all of the incidents in amusement parks did not happen in like four parks in the 60s 70s 80s and 90s but it might feel that way for a while unfortunately people are still getting thrown off roller coasters more than ever actually but we'll cover that in the future so it's disneyland california 1966 it's grad night disney started grad night in the early 1960s i don't know if you know but it's a night for high school seniors to have an after hours party in the amusement park i think it's usually just the seniors there i'm not sure but I heard about grad night when I was graduating high school and I was like, oh man, I'm locked in into this stuffy ass gymnasium with a bunch of people (laughs) that, I mean, let's be honest, weren't very nice. I want to be in Disneyland. No, you don't. You don't. You think you do, but you don't. They still do grad night, but it was canceled this year for obvious reasons. It was 1966, grad night, and this kid, Thomas Guy Cleveland, was 19. He would be my grandparents' age now exactly. Apparently, he decided that he wanted to get into the park without paying, so he scaled two fences. One of them was 16 feet tall. Well, you gotta give him props for that. I mean, I guess, to come in along the monorail track. A security guard saw him as yelling for him to stop, but Thomas ignored him. He was caught in between the canopy that goes along the monorail and the train itself, which then dragged him for 30 or 40 feet. Oh, shit. All four cars ran over him. The same security guard who saw him later said in the news that he, quote, had to hose the kid off the underside, which... That's really graphic. The 60s were a different time. I'm not saying the media is never gross now, but you probably couldn't just say that. I don't know. But then again, to be fair, this guy probably had a right to be pissed since he told him not to climb the fence. He told him to get off the tracks. He had to witness his horrific death. And now this poor man has to hose off the fucking train. Get off my lawn! (laughs) I hope that that poor security guard got some extra vacation days for this because he deserved it. So normally I might have to lightly roast that security guard for casually saying in the news that he had to hose the kid <laughs> off the underside but you know i think he's gonna get a pass right. on this yeah. one so moving along in 1976 
Bush Gardens in Florida opened a corkscrew roller coaster called the Python. I have been there. Really? Yeah. Long time ago. Did you, yeah. Did you ride the Python? No, I was a little kid. Well, I, it was there then. I was more interested in the flamingos. Oh, fair enough. I love flamingos. Me too. So I find that it's it's very easy to tell creepy stories about this kind of thing because all of the stuff is named to sound super ominous. <laughs> so it really it really lends some ambiance to the story. So this corkscrew roller coaster is called the Python. And of course the advertising campaign was heavily focused on fear and telling people what a terrifying experience they were going to have and what it would be like, which you would expect. You know, that's the whole point. They were using the tagline, I challenged the Python and lived. Oh. Until, until, I mean, they they just jinxed it. (laughs) They jinxed it. So bad. It's so bad. It's good. (laughs) I challenged the Python and lived until... Just a few weeks after it opened, a 36-year-old man with a heart condition had a heart attack and died after riding it. After his death, they removed the tagline, which, wow. Now, when I first read this, my face was like basically, you know, the cringe emoji, where it's just like a a long oval mouth showing its teeth. It's like you don't know. (laughs) Are you smiling? You're laughing? What's going on? Yeah, so that was my whole face when I first read the story, and I wrongly assumed that that was probably kind of the mood of things then that everyone was kind of like oh shit get rid of that right take that sign down real quick but no that's not what happened they leaned into the idea of just kidding you might not live and it drove people to want to ride it like crazy apparently they had lines wrapping around the park so what should have been a PR nightmare was uh-huh. actually the best marketing ever. Yeah. And I read somewhere that they were talking about, you know, doing some other advertising campaign or adding to it or something. And some higher up basically said, are you kidding me? We're getting all the free publicity we want right now. Oh, Jesus. Which I want to judge this, but... And I am. But isn't that kind of why a certain subset of people like myself reads about every incident that's ever happened in a theme park before you go? Mm-hmm. It's not to confirm that nothing's ever happened there. It's kind of to heighten whatever experience it is that you're looking for on that type of ride. Is that ride still available? Um, no. I was We're getting s- there. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's kind of why we do this, you know, to have your... Re- By the way, hold on. Do you ride roller coasters? I love roller coasters. Oh, you would. You seem like a roller coaster person. I am. I'm just... I'm a screamer. I am a scream. I love them, but I'm still a screamer. I have ridden one roller coaster in my life. Wait, what? It was like two or three years ago. And I think I'm good. I think I conquered that fear. I don't know if I need to conquer it again. What did you ride? It was the Raven at Holiday World. It's a classic wooden roller coaster. Oh, I see. I'm not a big fan of the wooden ones. They're, they kind of just wreck your body. Yeah, I had bruises on my thighs. Yeah. See, no, you, you need a redo. How about mm. when we meet for the first time, it should be at an amusement park and we'll ride a roller coaster together. Uh, in the words of Eminem, that's the kind of thing that makes me think we shouldn't meet each other. 
Oh. In the the classic Stan. I keep I keep we're like coming up with these scenarios like how are we first going to meet? I feel like maybe it won't ever happen because it's just not going to be done right. No, it's going to happen. Most of your ideas are probably good, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you're ever going to get me on a roller coaster again. I should start and journaling it. By the end of this episode, I don't know if if you will either. <laughs> All right. So try me. I th- I think isn't that kind of why we do this? Because you want to have your reptile brain screaming at you that you're going to die. And your rational brain kind of reassures it that the odds are overwhelmingly against that. You know, people ride this thing all day long. Basically, uh, everybody lives. And then having your rational brain win. A hundred percent. I Yeah, I think that's kind of the point of thrill rides. Having, you know, sort of conquering the sensation of a near-death experience and kind of taming it. And knowing that somebody has died there would probably raise the stakes, even if the odds were still hugely in your favor. You feel like a superhero almost. Uh-huh. Or maybe we're all just horrible ghouls. I don't know. A little bit of both. Never, mm-hmm. The Python never did kill anyone else, but it permanently closed on Halloween of 2006 after 30 years running. It was removed to make room for a different attraction and demolished for scrap. And the thought of a roller coaster being demolished creeps me all the way out. I don't know about you. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it That's... God, just think about, oh, taking it apart. What are they using it? Because if they're scrapping it, they're using it for something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That thought freaks me out as much as anything else in this. Like, what if they, like, melt it down and then use it for, like, bridge parts? And then it's like a haunted bridge. Ooh. My imagination's getting the best of me. It's the wine. It really is. 1976, a woman visited Disneyland in California. She ended up suing Disney and claiming that one of the cast members dressed as the three little pigs had approached her, fondled her breasts, and squealed mommy mommy at her. Okay, I actually believe this. My husband is dying laughing. Why? Because the three little pigs are creeps? No, because I have a family member that actually did some work. Um, I don't remember exactly what she did. It was nothing glamorous. She did, I think it was just like janitorial stuff at Disneyland. And she was talking about how Mickey Mouse was a woman because of the petite size to fit in the costume. And mm-hmm. Cinderella was a chain smoker. And this was... <gasps> Probably, I mean, early 80s, so not too far off from this story. But, I mean, you got to think about, like, who, who's in those costumes? Well, you would think. She said that she was so distressed by this incident that she gained 50 pounds after the experience and she pursued a civil case. It turned out that the pig's arms were just stubs. They couldn't be used or controlled. They were basically just decorative. Oh. So the, the pig could not have grabbed her, fondled her. I mean, I guess it could have squealed mommy, mommy, but the rest of it is demonstrably impossible. When the woman was shown a picture of the costume, she dropped the lawsuit. She was mortified. I am sure she was, as she should be. Oddly enough, Wikipedia says that there was an almost identical incident with a Winnie the Pooh costume in 1978, but (laughs) 
The citation links back to its own Wikipedia page, and I can't find a single reference to it anywhere else on the internet. But I did end up on some weird pages of the internet trying to find it. Was it like a furry page? I can't talk about it. (laughs) I can't talk about that. (laughs) Moving on. Disneyland again. And it seems like Disney is overrepresented, but before the mouse sues me, just know that it is not actually overrepresented in reality. It's just where I started when I started to make a list of things that I might want to cover. And like I said earlier, they were absolutely, originally I thought be a part two episode at some point, but I hope people like this because there's probably going to be even more than that. Oh, definitely. We need to like revisit this multiple, multiple times. I think I can easily get four episodes out of this. I love it. So, in 1983, an 18-year-old named James Higgins was allegedly drunk and showing off her friends on the Space Mountain roller coaster and removed his safety restraints, was thrown from the car, seriously injured. He was in a coma for a while, ended up paralyzed, and he lost his lawsuit because he apparently got loose intentionally. Now, the reason I'm telling you that, because that's a pretty standard roller coaster story that wouldn't really need to be mentioned, which is some dipshit taking off his safety restraints and getting hurt or killed or decapitated. Right. The reason I'm telling you this one is that during the trial, the jury was taken to Disneyland. Whoa, see, I always to, like uh-huh. hide those jury slips because I'm like, he's going to be so boring. <laughs> Don't, apparently. I think it it seems that they were taken to Disneyland to ride Space Mountain themselves and see how it worked. And I just thought that was such a weird and interesting detail. Yeah, that's super cool. I want to be on that jury. Some sources say that they wrote it. Others are more vague and say that they took a trip there. Either way, they were definitely at Space Mountain. And that's just so crazy. And they brought cars from the roller coaster into the courtroom. Wow. I guess probably mostly how the restraints worked. You said that was 1983? Mm Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really a time where there's, you know, wheeling a TV in with all the video footage. It was probably cheaper and easier just to take them. I mean, I I can't imagine it's cheaper to take an entire jury to Disneyland. I don't know. Maybe they just really wanted to go to Disneyland. Right. Like the jury boss. I don't know. What are they called? (laughs) I don't know. So 1983, it was another grad night. This one at Kings Island. It will probably in Indiana. Is Kings Island in Indiana? I think it's in Kentucky. Oh, no. Kings Island's in. We're going to have to look this up. I live in Indiana. I would know if it was in Indiana. (laughs) It's in Ohio. Ohio. See, I got it. That's close. That's our neighbor. So. It's another grad night. It will probably shock you to learn that bad shit happening at grad nights in general is very common. I have been living and breathing theme park incidents for a few days, and I am here to tell you that, uh, let's see, grad nights, wave pools, teenagers stabbing each other in lines, drag chains, rollback mechanisms malfunctioning, I could easily do a full-length themed episode on any of them. I'm going to appreciate my grad night in the gymnasium now. I'm sorry what to did, my high what school What did peers. I tell you? What did I tell you? I know. I was quick to judge. It wasn't that I, bad. 
If you only knew how many grad night incidents I left out, there were many. So 17-year-old, he was a few weeks from his 18th birthday, named John Harder, was there with four of his friends, including his girlfriend. He was apparently a great kid, kind of a class clown, just a real good vibes kind of guy. That night, though, he was drunk out of his mind, and he and his girlfriend had been fighting all night. And I guess he was just kind of in a bad place and not his usual happy-go-lucky self. Toward the end of the night, none of his friends had seen him for a while, and they were starting to freak out a little bit, but they had agreed to shut the place down and meet back at their cars in the parking lot when it closed. I guess if they hadn't joined back up before then. All of his friends went there to wait. Some of them, like I said, they were starting to freak out a little bit, but they were like, well, I guess we just... Must have gotten separated. We'd already agreed to meet back at the cars. We're going to head back there. So they meet back at their cars in the parking lot. All of his friends are there waiting. No Johnny. They wait a little bit longer. No Johnny. They asked an employee about the situation. It might have been a security guard. And just, you know, what do we do? We were here with our friend. He was in the amusement park. He hasn't come out because at this point it was obvious that the park had completely emptied. It was just them. Which, ugh. Yeah. So the employee told them that there had been an accident. Some guests were, this is awful. Some guests were riding an elevator at the Eiffel Tower, which you probably know what the Eiffel Tower is. Right. In case anybody doesn't, it's a one third scale replica of the Eiffel Tower. And it's got elevators that go up and viewing platforms. So some guests riding an elevator in the Eiffel Tower felt it do a funny hop. The operator rode it back to the top, empty, to check and see if there was a mechanical malfunction. And as the elevator rose, there were windows in it. No, this Uh sounds awful. It is awful. I'm not ready. I don't think I'm ready. Hold on. Can I take a drink of my wine? I'm not ready. Take a a few. Okay, I'm just going to drink this. Hold on. Okay, I think I'm ready. Go. Okay. So she's going up in the empty elevator. She looks out the windows and she sees blood all over the elevator. No! Oh, it gets worse. It gets worse. Don't worry. You were worried, right? Oh, keep going. Do you need another drink? Yes. Okay. Oh, my gosh. (sighs) Take a few because that wasn't even the bad part. I don't know. It's like blood and then, I mean, the word shaft already I, weirds right? me out. Like, there's got to be something better. Okay, go. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna do a shaft episode sometime. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she looks out the window. There's blood all over the elevator shaft. And as it comes up so she can see people on one of the decks, some people gathered around what she described as some type of meat. Meat? Meat. Like and, M-E-A-T meat? Uh, yeah. No, not a swim meat. No. Uh, okay. No, I'm sorry. And I guess that there was some kind of running prank. I don't, I, I cannot fathom why, but I guess there was some kind of running prank with throwing raw meat into the elevator shafts. <laughs> and honestly, I have questions. I have a lot of questions too. I, I would like to know why. That doesn't seem like a good prank. So clearly they didn't take it seriously. Well, I mean, they're not not as seriously as they should have. 
I don't think the people gathered around it knew what it was either. It turned out that Johnny had jumped or fallen into the elevator shaft, gotten tangled in the cables, and died instantly of skull fractures. And these are two words you don't want to go together. Brain lacerations. Ooh, no, no, no. There's a lot of debate about whether he was decapitated. Some, it's it's a thing. I, I would I, really I would say if I were to speculate, I would say yes, just I mean, by the description. Obviously, some shit went down with this poor kid's head since there were brain lacerations, and they found some bits and pieces in the elevator shaft. I I, th- I think that I saw that the funny hop was his body hitting the top of the elevator. <laughs> the funny hop. <laughs> I yeah, it's not that funny. I could be wrong about that, but I mean, obviously the funny hop was definitely something horrific. I think it was his body falling. His friends identified his body later at the coroner's office. That's so sad. I know, it really is. Apparently there are still sightings of a ghost that they call Tower Johnny at Kings Island almost every night. And people say that it's a... A ghost in 80s-style clothing walking around the observation decks of the Eiffel Tower. That sounds like a cool fucking ghost. I know. It really does. And operators even call electrical malfunctions that have no known cause Johnny's. Oh, I want to have an electrical malfunction named after me. Oh, well, that's a goal. Okay. That's a goal. Dream big. Aim high. (laughs) Maybe the weird sounds that happen that Eric has to edit out, we can call them Melanie's. I think we should probably call them Brianne's. <laughs> I think it's the problem true. is usually me. Oh. Anyone listening, audio quality issues are probably me. It's just going to get better and better, though. We just started. Give us a break. God. Mm-hmm. So, in 1989, at Bush Gardens... A storm was rolling in. The park had decided to shut down rides for the duration, but they hadn't yet. And a roller coaster called the Loch Ness Monster was the last one that took passengers out before it it was the last one out once they had decided to shut things down before the storm. As the people on that coaster came out of a tunnel, they saw that a storm had blown a huge tree branch onto the tracks ahead of them and they knew that they would hit it. Oh, man. Right? I mean, that is, that's the holy shit moment of all holy shit moments. You think until you hear the rest of the story. It's actually not the holy shit moment of all. Well, it would probably be like only like the first couple carts probably that would have seen it, right? Or was it big? Was it a big tree? It was a huge tree. Oh, everybody saw that shit. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it was a super long train. I think it, I think it said maybe four cars. Hmm. Don't quote me on that. But it was a huge tree branch. It was very obvious to everyone. So they all saw it coming. They all knew they were going to hit it. They did. Pieces of tree and fiberglass went everywhere. Pretty much everybody had injuries, but thankfully nobody was critically injured. The kid in the front of the first car, I say kid because I'm old now. I'm pretty sure he was a teenager. Uh, He had it the worst. He had broken legs and a couple other things, but nobody's life was in danger at that point. All that is horrible, but that's not why I'm telling you the story. The reason I included this one is solely 
for this moment. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. So the passenger said that they were sitting on the tracks waiting for rescue. Uh Uh-huh. When they look up and see an empty roller coaster beginning on the track from the beginning of the ride. (gasps) Oh, that's why it's four cars because it does like the loop. Uh Like, oh, no. So that's Uh like they saw the tree, but now they see this. Oh, right. ah, I can picture it. I can picture and I think, it. I think they were fairly far into the ride. So it wasn't like they were, you know, just shortly out and they're like, oh, shit, there it is. No, no. They had time to sit there and watch it go through all the loops. It's like a bomb that's detonating. Like when you're uh-huh. watching TV and it's like beep, 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 beep. Yep. So they had time to sit there and watch it go through all the loops. They knew it was probably going to hit and probably going to kill them. And remember, they had hit this tree branch shortly out of a tunnel, a little bit after they came out of the tunnel. So they heard the roller coaster behind them enter the tunnel. They can't see it because it's in the tunnel. Uh-huh. They saw it go through all the loops. They know it's coming and then they hear it come into the tunnel. They brace for impact, wait for it to hit. But the empty train safety mechanisms functioned and it stopped right behind him. Bran, <laughs> you're like going to give me a goddamn heart attack. Yeah. I mean. I love it. Just, it's like, like better than a roller coaster there. ride what you just did. I, see, you don't even need to go. Please don't. Stay safe. I'm super impressed. So in 1994... Daniel, now I'm just going to warn you for anybody who just doesn't want to hear this. There is a kid that dies in this one. So if you don't want to hear that, sometimes I don't want to hear that. So just skip ahead. I don't know. A few minutes. 1994, Daniel, Mar- oh, I didn't look up how to pronounce this. Maricalo died in a pool at Dorney Park. And you're going to be so mad by the end of this one. Mm. It is hard to say if there's ever been a more complete fuck up by every single person with any shred of responsibility whatsoever. This is the worst. I hate that when it's just nobody Every single person who could have dropped a ball threw the ball. Daniel was 14. He was an honor student in the Bronx. The school, first of all, went on a field trip to a water park without even formally notifying the parents that the field trip was even happening. Okay, as a parent, mm-hmm. how fucking pissed off are you? Mm, livid. Like, and that is, it's that not, is nothing compared to what's coming. I know, but right now, like, say nothing happened. This is not my kid, uh-huh. and I'm still pissed. I'm super yeah. pissed. I mean, any I'm, field trip without consent. that would be very bad, but to a God blessed water park. A mommy raging. Mm-hmm. All well, right. Keep your mommy rage fired up because here's more. This field trip shouldn't have even happened in the first place because the school district had a requirement that field trips had to have an educational value. And this one did not meet the criteria. It was it was just to a water park. They went with a 23 to 1 student to teacher ratio. Nope. Which is more than double what it should have been. Six teachers, 138 students. Oh. They didn't ask if any of the kids could swim. They let the kids roam the 187-acre park alone. Are these teachers drunk? 
Mm, it gets worse. The teacher chaperoning the trip should have obviously known and didn't that nine other kids from their school had been rescued by lifeguards that day. Nine? Nine. There had been nine kid about to drown incidents and they didn't know about any of them. Oh, jeez. Daniel tried to follow his friends into a deeper part of the wave pool. I told you about wave pools. But he was a poor swimmer and went under. Have you been in a wave pool before? I actually love wave pools. Me too. Yeah, and my oldest really loves wave pools, but now I'm going to be terrified now that I know some things about wave pools. It's usually just chlorine gas and people are usually fine, but also old people drown in wave pools like it's their job. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't know Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So his friends saw Daniel drowning and they told lifeguards and the lifeguards basically glanced around the pool deck and shrugged. They didn't even leave the pool deck. Three hours later, the chaperones finally realized he was missing. And they looked for him for an hour. An hour. After an hour, they left without him. And one of the teachers left to go watch a basketball game. Or were they just like, fuck this kid? I guess. I guess. I mean, they had 137 others. I mean, I guess what's one? It's pretty good. Pretty can, good standard, probably, in their heads. Can you remind me of the year on this one again? Mm, not long enough ago. 1994. 94? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. I was thinking, gosh, this had to have been, like, 60s, 70s, 80s no, is pushing it. no. And that, that reminds me of something, but we'll get to that after this. The... School, so the school left without him. One of the teachers goes to watch a basketball game. The park called off their search when the school left, I think, which is horrible. But I think, to be fair, they were kind of like, well, I guess maybe they found him because surely they wouldn't leave without him. I I can see that. Yeah. So I don't I don't know how much of that was negligence and how much of that was miscommunication. The articles I read really did make it sound like negligence, but at the same time, I could I could see where that would happen without it being negligence, so I don't know. One of, um, after that, the lifeguards started having relay races in the deep end of the pool. Ten hours later, after Daniel, ten hours after Daniel's friends told lifeguards that he was drowning at 1 a.m., they finally happened upon his body in the wave pool. Directly underneath where the 90 lifeguards had been doing their relay races. So they were just 90. doing... Oh. Directly above him. And he wasn't even found by any of them, ultimately. He was found by a welder who was there working on another ride. And he took a break from the work that he was doing and happened upon Daniel. Oh, my Jesus. And once they found out, none of the teachers even, like, went back to the park to find out more. So was there not... Okay, so it's 1994. Was there not, like, a... Where's the parents? Was there no... They didn't even know it was happening. <laughs> How? Because he wasn't found... When did... What time did you say? Oh, I'm sure by then they knew he was missing. I don't know. But I know was that there once... a missing persons report? Like, it just seems... His mom didn't speak English. And I don't mean that like, you know, she's some kind of dipshit at all. I just mean that right. there could have been some some wires crossed because of that. Right. 
So I don't know. I never saw anything about what happened on that front. She, I think she ended up suing. I I don't remember what happened. Good for her. uh Uh-huh. Absolutely. Fuck everyone in that story. Every single person. Wow. That blows. I'm like, I'm sitting here trying to do the math and I'm not good at math, but I know this math. It doesn't fucking add up. No, there was a quote that said something to the effect that if there had been a shred of organization from literally anyone, he would have lived. Yeah, it's just... Wow. That's sad as fuck. Uh-huh. Which reminds me of the time I got kicked out of the brownies. There's actually a lot of overlap here. I was a <laughs> brownie when I was a little girl. thing ever. Is it? I got kicked out out i know older kids when they're brownies do you know it's pretty little because it's before girl scouts yeah they're young i mean it's got to be what five six yeah if it is that would have been literally the same year as this i was a brownie and i went on a field trip with them to a theme park i don't know which it was i think it must have either been holiday world or king's island i don't remember But I was a chicken shit of a little kid and we were supposed to get on like a -a tilt-a-whirl type ride or maybe even like a teacup type ride. Nothing too scary. But I mean, I was like five and I was, you know. Well, let's face it. As an adult, you've been on one roller coaster. So listen, listen. It says it all, Brianne. Well, this isn't new. If you want to count, if you really want to get into my roller coaster backstory, I did ride one of those little kitty roller coasters when I was a kid. And they did have to stop the ride. How old were you? You know? Mm, under seven. And they stopped the ride? They stopped it. I was probably about to jump out. I I barely remember that, but it, it did happen. <laughs> so we went to some theme park. I don't know which one it was. And I decided that I was good on riding that ride. I was not into it. So I just peaced out. She's like, nope, I'm out. Bye, bitches. Yeah. Yep, I knew that if I was there, I was going to have to ride the ride because they had us paired off and I wasn't going to be able to just not be paired off. So I just pieced out into the rest of the amusement park and just went somewhere else. I'm not even mad about it because, I mean, nobody should force you to do something you don't want to do, especially like as a kid. You don't want to ride that roller coaster? Then fine. I mean, you probably went about it the wrong way. (laughs) But I wasn't the kind of kid. I didn't like confrontation then either. I wasn't the kind of kid to just like, like my daughter, who is five and a half, would, she would burn down the amusement park. (laughs) Everyone there in, in the surrounding city would know that she didn't want to ride that ride. I was not about confrontation. So I just left. You're a pleaser. Uh huh. I didn't go try to like do any other crazy shit. I'm pretty sure I just went and sat on a bench. But they eventually found me. They were super, super mad. Later in the same trip, there was a like a hotel swimming pool that all the kids were in. I absolutely could not swim. Could not even begin to swim. Still can't swim. This sounds like the worst fucking day for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, so, baby Brienne. <laughs> I wish I could hug you. And again, nobody ever asked, hey, can you swim or anything? Because I would not have said yes. I was terrified. But they put me in the pool and I think pretty much walked away because I sank like a stone to the bottom of the pool. Oh. And 
that was that. I think I was just waiting, laying there waiting for death to take me. <laughs> I don't really remember like thrashing around or doing anything. I think I just knew this was it. There's no way out of this and just laid down in the bottom of the pool and waited. Oh, and they they do say with like kids that are drowning, like you don't, it's not like on the TV where you do mm-hmm. see like the water and stuff. I think that I remember some thrashing around when I went under. Initially, yeah. Once on the bottom of the pool, I was just like, well, this is where it ends. Thankfully, another kid saw me and got someone to pull me out. I don't I don't know if it was high five to that fucking kid. Yeah, I mean, it It probably wasn't that long, so I didn't have any brain damage that I know of or anything. But, I mean, I think I was probably under there for a good 20 seconds or so. So, yeah, I kept... And it, long story short, I got kicked out of brownies because they said I was a liability. <laughs> <laughs> and I was devastated. Oh, that that's really terrible. Yeah, but I kept thinking of that in the story and these people who take kids on these trips and don't even... Like, what the fuck? It's their loss, Brianne. <laughs> the brownies. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're still mourning. <laughs> I'm sure the brownies were never the same after that. But I mean, honestly, this, looking at the timing, this may very well have been current and in the news at the time. So that really could have something to do with why they were just like, nope, we're not having this. We've already seen this go down. Yeah, no, not on my watch. Get the fuck out. We're not a statistic here at the brownies. No. <laughs> so that's my um, that's my greatest claim to street cred is getting kicked out of the brownies at like five or six. I think it's pretty badass. Mm-hmm, me too. Uh, this is a short one, but in 1996 at SeaWorld, they were doing a Baywatch-themed show with a simulated water rescue, which sounds dumb. And the wait, driver wait, wait. Of- it's not th- Baywatch. Hasselhoff? But Hasselhoff wasn't there. <laughs> this is just some dipshit boat driver pretending to be Hasselhoff. No. A girl can dream. Mm, keep dreaming. <laughs> so the driver of the 18-foot motorboat lost control of it and drove it directly into the grandstands. <laughs> Hit 22 people, critically injured four. I couldn't find any information about whether they survived. But holy shit. Imagine just sitting there in the grandstands and you look up and an 18-foot Baywatch motorboat's coming at you. With fake Hasselhoff. Uh-huh. No, no, no. He jumped off as it went into the grandstands. <laughs> There's no fake Hasselhoff anymore. <laughs> he peaced out. Oh yeah, so that's God. the long and short of that one. But I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, just imagine that. Oh. So the Mind Eraser is definitely one of the most, holy shit, that's still operating rides that I've come across. Mm-hmm. And I've come across a lot of rides lately. When it started operating at Six Flags in 1997, within a year, over 20 people had been injured on it. Within a year. God. And what was going on with these people? Were they getting, like, bumped knees or whiplash or something? No. No, no. Do you know what was going on with them? Mind erasing. On the mind eraser. Um, Head injuries? Kind of worse. (laughs) A woman sued in 1999 saying that she had serious memory loss after writing it. And Okay, dumb shit. It's called a fucking mind eraser. (laughs) Okay. But you don't... 
<sighs> no. <laughs> I feel like uh, if you're going to claim that you have memory loss, like. I mean, they, they, they can't sue on the grounds of false advertising. That's for it sure. It says it in the name. Well, she had like she lost her job. She had to quit her job and had like her eyes were bloody after. Now I feel bad and, for calling her a dipshit. You know, you're not the only one on the internet who did. <laughs> so, it turned out she ended up suing in 1999. I mean, her life was wrecked. It looks like at least for a while after because she said she would be standing at the kitchen stove like cooking with a spice in her hand and not remember if she'd already used it and just things like that. She just, she couldn't have, didn't have long-term memories that were going very well, short-term memories, Jack. And then it turned out that a bunch of people had all said this about the mind eraser. I don't think to the extent that she had, but head injuries, memory issues, concussions, whiplash, like way more than a normal roller coaster. So a bunch aptly of people, named. Mm-hmm. A bunch of people had said this about the Mind Eraser and all of its clones around the world because it's a certain, like a certain build of a roller coaster. So there's a bunch more with different names all over the place. And it's not just the Mind Eraser, it's all of them. (laughs) Oh, no. And if you look up YouTube videos of the Mind Eraser, because I tried to find like a POV video. And if you look at the comments, it's just person after person saying the ride's too rough. It feels like it's falling apart. Your head is banged continuously during the ride. And it is still in operation at Six Flags in New York. If you have any memories you don't want. Golly, that's that's mm-hmm. crazy. Do, do you think, how did they get the name for that ride? <laughs> Maybe they did some test runs. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, did they know ahead of time? Like, It really kind of does make you wonder, though. It's a strange but, name mean, for a roller coaster. It really is. And it seems like that roller coaster's problems have kind of only gotten worse because if you look at reviews and comments and everything, the emphasis on how incredibly rough and how incredibly rickety it is just gets worse and worse with time. Hmm. So next one's a bummer. A bunch of them are bummers, but this is super bummer. Other than the kid in the pool, probably the second biggest bummer. It is Christmas Eve, 1998. And Luan Fee Dawson was at Disneyland with his wife, son, and grandson. And they were introducing their grandson to the park for the first time. Aww. Luan was 34, so this is making me feel real old for a minute. Because he's taking his grandson to the park. And then I saw that his son was seven and his grandson was nine. And I had questions, but it turned out that his wife was like 10 years older than him. And it was her grandson and their son. Oh, it was a blended family? I guess it must have been, um, but their son was seven, grandson was nine, and they were introducing the nine-year-old to Disneyland for the first time, and they were all on the Columbia, which was a sailing ship ride, and Disney had been cutting employees recently before that, allegedly to cut costs. Obviously, they deny that. There used to be a lead ride operator position where somebody would stay with a certain ride for years and have experience with that specific ride, which I think that one's, you know, where you're pushing a button and turning the Ferris wheel on. I don't know. I'm speculating, but I'm sure those, you wouldn't think it would matter as much. Right. But this boat, like it has to dock. So I think it matters a little more because, you know, there's like actual sailing expertise needed. 
because it's a real boat that really sails. Um, they had recently changed that and phased out lead ride operators. And the dockhand on the Columbia that day had never worked the Columbia before and had basically gotten no training on the Columbia at all. They had given, I don't think I noticed if it was a him or a her. I think it was a her. They had given her a an overview of a similar boat. Not even that boat and not any meaningful experience. I don't think they even deny that. They they ended up, there ends up being a lawsuit. They ended up making the wording of the lawsuit be changed from uh, no experience to not enough experience or something like that. Oh, that's grimy. Yeah, it is. So they had recently changed that. Now there is no Libra operator position. And I guess this is extra important with the Columbia because they said that it's like until you have done this a bunch of times, you just don't understand how big and forceful the boat is. So you just, you really have to do it. It's not something you can get an overview about. The I've captain been on plenty of boats to know, like big and small. Like, mm-hmm. You just don't hand that off to anybody. No, no. So the captain of the boat was distracted as they were docking, entertaining a kid who was on deck. And it came in too fast and a huge metal cleat on the side of the ship pulled loose. I don't know if you know, I don't really know what a cleat is. And I looked and I really couldn't find it, but it's big and it's metal. I know that. It was supposed to be attached to the mooring with a breakaway hemp cord, but to cut costs, instead of using that cord, they were using an elastic one. And the elastic isn't course, the I, I could be wrong. I, I'd have to. Isn't the cleat like what you wrap the ties around? Maybe I don't know. I'm not a sailor. So they had used an elastic one, and instead of breaking away when it was supposed to break away. It was elastic, so it stretched, and it ripped this thing, this cleat, off the ship. It swung into the crowd because it's on an elastic cord, remember. Injured an employee, hit Luan's wife in the face, and killed Luan in front of his son and grandson. Yeah, so, yeah, I just looked it up. A, A cleat is basically, you know, when you're tying the ropes to the dock, like it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's like kind of like the anchor where you just, not an anchor, but... Something that you wrap the ropes around to secure. Okay, that makes sense. So it it hits an employee, injures them, hits his wife in the face, seriously injured, disfigured her, and kills him. The cleat does? Uh-huh. It yeah. just Ouch. smashed him right to death. And this was the first, this is in, what year was this? 1998, Christmas Eve. This was the first Disney death that was not due to the guest's own negligence in any way. And So they dis- say... Uh-huh. Right. That's a whole other episode that I'm not getting sued over. Um, Disney came under fire for cleaning up the blood in the scene within 30 minutes and not letting police in for four hours. Oh. They said they cleaned up the scene because there were kids everywhere and which, okay, maybe. It's but all it, about image. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That it, I don't it was care. Perceived as Sue being an Disney. image thing. That is what my notes say. It says, but it was perceived as being an image thing. Yes, and the blood, maybe. I mean, it's Christmas Eve. There are kids everywhere. I'm sure that would be traumatic for them. Uh, okay. I'm well, you sure just that's... shut down that part of the park. Like you don't yeah. have to clean it up. That's yeah. an investigation. I am sure that's not the entirety of the reason. But I mean, that excuse plays a little bit. But 
not not letting police in for four hours. Um, Luan's wife sued and won, and a bunch of protocols were changed. And they brought back lead ride operators, thankfully, and added a police presence in the park to speed up response time. It's a mess. Uh-huh. So, for the last one, it is time for a story of a kid with the biggest nuts in Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope he listens to this and knows that he is the kid, well, now the adult with the biggest nuts in Virginia, because believe me, he is. <laughs> this one is less of a bummer, and I figured that would be a good one to, to wrap, wrap this it up. up on. So in 1999, a 20-year-old man fell out of his restraints on the Shockwave roller coaster at King's Dominion. The park said that he had taken off his own restraints. The family said that he hadn't. And the attorney said that it wasn't even possible due to the force on the stand-up roller coaster. This is like a centrifuge. He was thrown from the ride on a 40-mile-per-hour turn and died. That's That's the backstory. Less than a month later, 13-year-old Iman McIntyre visited the park with his parents and some friends. Like, three or four friends. I think three. Iman and his buddies rode the shockwave, and I guess they loved it because they rode it three or four more times in the same cluster of seats every time. At first, I was picturing, like, a super long roller coaster, and I was like, how are they ending up, like, in the same car every time? That's a little suspect. But I think I I saw that the whole thing only held, like, 20 people. So that's, you know, less weird. Gosh, I Um, remember being a kid and, like, just finding, like, that (laughs) it's your ride. And you just, like, you get off and you just race as fast as you can to get back in line and you're passing everybody. You don't even look at the, like, snapshots that was taken of you because you just got to get back in line. I feel no. this. I feel him so hard right now. Okay. Suffice it to say I don't. And that has never <laughs> been my experience in amusement parks. Um, it is now. I, I love not that scary rides now. <laughs> They're all scary to me, so I have very low standards. So on the fifth go through, Iman was in one of the same seats that they had been in before again and again without issue. And when he heard the automatic, because I mean, this this is their fifth ride. They know the drill at this point. Right. So when he heard the automatic locks click to indicate the beginning of the ride, he realized he wasn't properly secured. Oh, fuck. Like at all. What would you do? Personally or uh, what a normal like, no, person like, would do? Literally, what would you do? I would probably think quietly, like, oh, fuck, what do I do? And then I probably would not have enough time to do anything. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, you don't have nuts like Iman does. So he starts screaming, it's not locked. His friends start screaming, it's not locked. Other passengers around him start screaming, it's not locked, which must be a whole uniquely freaked out experience for them. Because if this kid's really not buckled, what are you about to see go down when this ride starts? Right. Um, so everybody's screaming it's not locked. It did not, the ride operators did not notice. A woman who was not on the ride heard and went to tell a ride operator, but the ride had already started. Better and, hold on tight. Uh-huh. Or not. It had started <laughs> climbing and it had reached 30 feet into the air, which picture that that's pretty high. 
I'm, my I my mean, palms right now. I'm not even joking. I am sweating right now. <laughs> I mean, in a roller coaster height, thirty feet is not that much, but in roller coaster unbuckled height, right? And it's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty high. So it it hits thirty feet in the air. It's still going. The ride has not stopped, and this little badass thirteen year old jumped off. <laughs> And onto a catwalk. He's like, I'm out. Uh-huh. I mean... Uh, it's so smooth. Imagine jumping off of a moving roller coaster with good reason. Not because not you're a dipshit who's about to end up in a Wikipedia entry. So he jumps off onto a catwalk, only has a minor injury to his knee. The park immediately starts gaslighting this kid saying that he just got scared because there was a recent death in the shockwave. He probably knew about it. He freaked out and jumped even though the ride was safe. But for one thing, they'd been in that seat for most of the previous four rides and they'd been in some seat, whether it was that one or not. So honestly, this kid probably knows how the restraints are supposed to work at this point. And if he's riding it five times, he's going to do it six, seven, eight, nine, ten till the park closes. Seriously, exactly. He's and not he, jeopardizing. I mean, his parents were somewhere else in the park, so it's not even like they were tapping their toes waiting for him. This kid is not jeopardizing the rest of his fun day. It's not happening. No. And it's not like this kid was some, you know, 1999 teenage boy version of a Karen or something where he's you know every time he gets on the road like these these restraints aren't working can I speak to your manager no he'd ridden all the the previous times without issue no problem problem so I think he knows how the restraints are supposed to work at that point and they weren't and he was not fastened and for another thing the point of having restraints fastened is so that he can't he's not able to just pop out of them and jump off the ride while it's moving. Well, yeah, so, duh. I mean, the <laughs> fact that he, get he even could do that isn't, <laughs> isn't not a good sign. And, but they they completely denied it. The, his parents, I don't think they pursued any legal action or anything, but his parents said, it sounds like the park is in denial. Uh, the park just basically said, kid, you're just scared because somebody died on this like three weeks ago. He was like, no. And, uh... The shockwave ran for 16 more years and was removed and replaced with a different coaster. It's so easy to blame children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, it just defies logic because the whole point really is if your restraints were working, a 13-year-old couldn't just decide they weren't and hop off. Well, good for fucking him for, like, uh-huh. taking his life in his own hands. Right? Like... What a cool kid. I am a grown-ass woman, and I I know I would not have it in me to just be like, this is not about to end well. But I mean, I guess he'd ridden that thing like four or five times before he knows what's coming as far as the ride goes. I was on a uh, roller coaster once where the restraints weren't completely locked. I think it was called T2 or something like that. mm. And that was scary as shit. I don't think there was any way I could have slipped out. I mean, maybe... But they were very loose, you know, where every time there was a loop, like, I fell, like, two and a half, three inches. Oof. Yeah, and I'm the kind of person who would probably not want to inconvenience the ride operator, so I would just accept my fate and ride the ride anyway, but no. It's like... Not Yvonne McIntyre. He was not having it. It's like, I'm allergic to pickles, and then you get your cheeseburger, and it has pickles on it, and you're like, oh, I'll just pick them off. Mm Mm-hmm. 
No, you have to eat it so you don't offend the waiter. Yeah. <laughs> Just die. It's fine. You'll die polite. Oh, so, man. That was a that... good one. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that was the uh, the perfect ender. The next time I do a part two of this, I'm not going to be able to top that ender because we've got all these people falling off roller coasters, getting killed on roller coasters and then you've got this 13 year old boy who's like not today brand can i tell you something please tell me something i still want to ride a roller coaster melanie i do it's my do you but did it make you want to ride a roller coaster more a little bit oh man (laughs) we are all terrible ghouls (laughs) (sighs) well if you decide to ride a roller coaster anyway uh, should you have the opportunity to this summer, which is questionable, should you decide to ride a roller coaster anyway, I, don't go in the wave pool if you feel old. Um, and I'm, I, I am feeling old. I'm cool. I know you are pretty old. Don't go on grad night, despite <gasps> feeling like a grad, maybe. I want to be like that cool night. mom on Mean Girls. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't so be care, use caution with wave pools. If you're feeling old, don't go on, gra- on grad night. And uh, if you feel like you are about to be murdered by a roller coaster, just hop the fuck off. I'll hop the fuck off. <laughs> I promise. Don't try that at home. No one take that as advice. Yeah, don't listen to us at all. No, no, no. We're just telling the stories. Mm-hmm. If you jump off of a roller coaster because you are concerned about anything you're probably not going to be marked safe (laughs) don't call you're not going to be marked safe and don't call me about it because i didn't know i have no part in this we are just like the theme part denial 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 we didn't do it Mm -hmm. you just got scared a little bit wuss (laughs) you weren't scared the other four times you just rode that roller coaster but i mean i guess that time oh thank you brianne that was awesome thank you very much I wonder what new bad things we will have done in our audio. I can't wait to find out. Until then. (laughs) Until then, Uh, I will see you next time. All right. Bye. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to support us further, you can find us at patreon.com slash marksafepodcast. There's a bunch of goodies on there, including shout outs, final stickers, and bonus content. You can also catch us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at marksafepodcast. Huge thanks to Joshua Hooper for our amazing podcast cover art and also to Dusty Bow and Brandon for our incredible music intro. And thank you, our listeners, for sharing and subscribing. We hope you stay safe. See you later, my friends.